All right. Another day. Well, no, Jesus Christ. Another week. What am I talking about? 18 weeks. 18 weeks. That's, uh, I was going to say that's about one third of a pregnancy. Is that true? One third of a pregnancy ish. I think 18 weeks. I'm not sure. Like 52 weeks, I think, right? I don't know. Whatever. I was trying to think of something in the timeline. Carly, there's 52 I love how I'm on Zoom and I still talk with my hands. Like, this is is how terrible I am. Well, the perk to having you on Zoom is that you're not bumping the table every five seconds. So the listeners are getting up. I I can snap. It it can happen. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's 52 weeks in a year. And I don't think a pregnancy takes a full year. 36 then right is that what i don't know what it is i don't i'm not having babies like i'm personally not leah can't hear me i'm personally not having babies like i will not be able to have one have one out like i can't do that so i don't know the timeline i am very naive in that sense we are going off track real fast anyways speaking of pregnancies though we these next series are going to be all about women not pregnant women but this is going to be all about women. That was a good segue. Come on, give me some credit there. It was not um, your best, but not yours. <laughs> somewhere in the middle. I'll take 50%. I'll take that. <laughs> um, but no, I, I'm super, super pumped to have uh, Brittany Saplicki on. Uh, not only part of Team Stash, but also nationally recognized powerlifter. Uh, we all, I think all three of us, have the exact same degree uh, from Canisius. Um, yeah, no, I'm super pumped and a strength coach now down in North Carolina for the last three years, four years, four years, I think you're coming four up years on it. You've been down? Yeah, I think it's so. been, been a while. It was right after we graduated. You moved down there, right? Yeah, it was the, yeah, I left August after graduating, I think. Yeah. And was, we yeah. walked, and I think we walked together, which was 2017. So we're coming yeah. up on. About so yeah, it'll be three, three years then. Three years, yeah. yeah. That yeah. is crazy. But we've known each other before then. Um, and then, did you guys, did you and Maggie ever take classes together? Or were you guys, I think, just missed each other? I think we just missed each other because I was yeah, I out of so. there by 2014. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. Did no, then. yeah, no. Yeah, yep. you definitely I think I graduated it. undergrad in 2015. I think. Okay. Did you take Did you take any time off from undergrad to graduate school? I think I took half a semester. I graduated undergrad in December, and then I think I started grad that summer. Okay. So. Wow. All right. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, no, I uh, I'm super honored to have you on. Uh, definitely want to talk a lot about women in strength sports, uh, women in coaching. Um, I think this is a great time to talk about that, especially since, you know, uh, like Beyonce said, I don't know who runs the world, but I think it's women. Um, it's probably it's girls. It's girls. Okay. <laughs> I don't listen to Beyonce, but I know she said that once. <laughs> There's literally like one, one word you need to know in the song. and you, you I think in that song, I she know, said it she a does thousand that, times. She does that one thing too, right? She does that like hand thing too. Not, is that not a different the same song? song. That's, <laughs> yeah. 
that single lady. I'm not, I'm not up with my Beyonce either. I'm not either. Thank <laughs> you, Maggie, for keeping us in check. I, I yeah, you're welcome. Um, but no, I, I think, uh, starting, starting with you and, you know, kind of talking about your journey, kind of talking about your coaching journey, kind of talking about, you know, where you are now, um, you know, and how it's, it has the dynamic changed from where you were starting coaching to now being, you know, nationally recognized as a power lifter and one of the strongest power lifters, not only in the USA, but also, you know, in the world at this point, um, and yeah, I want to kind of talk to see if there's been a change and shift of how, you know, people respect or, you know, have you gained more respect over just becoming stronger? And that's a point I really, you know, once we get into that topic, I really want to talk about that because I feel as though that's also very applicable to every strength coach, not just women, also men as well. Um, but that's something that we'll get to at that point. But so we just talked about the education aspect. We all graduated from the same same college, and we pretty much all do very, something very similar. We all work in the um, strength and conditioning field, uh, or personal training field, or you know, fitness industry. Um, and we all were powerlifters at one point, and some of us are still powerlifters. Since <laughs> one of us is still a powerlifter. One of us is still one of us is still a full time powerlifter. Well, if we'd uh, all never compete again, there may be no powerlifters. There may be no powerlifters. True, true. <laughs> I, I don't know. I see how long passes, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit. I, I know I think I covered everything. Tell us a little bit more about you. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll go over how I even got into any of this mess. Uh, yeah. I graduated um, – no, I did not. I Yeah, I graduated high school, and I went to – Niagara University and enrolled in their business college. And I did that for like two years. And while I was doing that, I got really into lifting weights, um, mostly to the goal of getting bigger. I was like really, like, I think a lot of people will uh, relate to this. I was really obsessed with being small when I was in high school. I probably weighed a hundred pounds in high school. I was super tiny. I don't really have a small frame now. I think it's pretty obvious. I don't, I'm not a hundred pound type person. Like it doesn't work for me. I think Carly no, no, knows no. that really well. Sorry, Carly. Yeah, no. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Apologies for my weight that's, all the time. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so I decided I didn't want to be that small anymore. And at that same time, I stopped playing sports when I got into college because I worked full time. So I, you know, didn't see myself as somebody that was going to start running or doing a bunch of cardio. And about that time, you started seeing women on the internet that were getting really jacked, right? Like uh, Dana Lynn Bailey or um, Ashley Horner. I don't even know if she's still around, but people like that getting really yeah. jacked and getting a lot of recognition. And I was like, hmm, looking like that would be cool. So I got obsessed with getting bigger. And I did that. And while doing that, I realized I should do this for a living. So I transferred degrees. <laughs> and ended up at Buffalo State and got an exercise science degree and completed four years of coursework in two years. It was awful. I was in school for two wow. years straight. And hey. um, then I really, I don't know, I, I'm very type A and I really never feel like I know enough. So that's how I ended up at, wait, Canisius. That was Canisius for my graduate degree. Mm. And so I ended up there, got into that. And uh, that was really eye-opening because I didn't really know what I wanted to do in the strength field. You know, I knew, and I think it's the same thing I still know, is I want 
to, you know, make it uh, more attainable for women to get into the weight room and to get stronger and to be comfortable there. And uh, at Canisius, I did an internship that was a pretty bad experience in a private strength conditioning facility. And um, I was just treated horribly. I think it's part of the whole women in strength conditioning type thing. Like, I didn't learn a thing. Nobody could have been bothered to teach me a thing. Like, they were awful. And the yeah. one guy called me honey all the time, and I wanted to punch uh, him in the face. I'm going to be straight yeah. with that. Like, now, if it happened now, I would punch him in the face. Like, watch <laughs> out. Yeah, so, anyway, no. so I realized that's probably not where I want to be. And, um, yeah, then my husband's in the Marine Corps, or he ended up joining the Marine Corps. So we got stationed down in North Carolina, and I'm in – I'm in a tourist town, so it's busy during the summer and it's dead during the winter. There's no colleges around, things like that. So uh, I ended up working or where I am now, which is a really large but privately owned gym. So we're like 40,000 square feet. Um, we have indoor, outdoor pools, basketball courts. We have like a strength conditioning program and among many other things. So I ended up there as one of the managers and then I do some coaching also. So I do probably a 50-50 management to coaching, which I've really liked a lot. So that's how I ended up in all of that. Wow. That's awesome. I, yeah. I didn't know you had that really poor experience. Um, oh, yeah. Then. Yeah, I won't name yeah. them because, you know, I don't even think right. the same guys there yeah. that I really had a problem with. Yeah. The same couple guys, but, oh, it was, it was so awful. I was like, this is not where I want to spend my time. I don't want to fight that battle. Like, I don't. Yeah. I will. But I don't want to spend my whole, like, you know, 60 hours a week fighting that damn battle to be like, hey, pay attention to me. Like, you know. Right. I know just I, I know, I know things, much. too. Like, I yeah. know things, too. And I'm and, really open to learning. So that's, you know, I, I consider myself pretty coachable and, like, open to that. But, yeah, they had no interest. From, from experience, that is true. That is very true. Thanks. <laughs> And I'm, uh, you know, I'm on a Zoom call now with two very educated women. And, you know, and I don't, coming from a male's perspective, and maybe I'm an anomaly, and I hope I'm not. I really hope I'm not. Um, but I don't get it. I really don't. I don't understand why there is a difference, right? It's like, it's the same thing you could say about anything. You could say, because you're black, you're not good at this, or because you're a minority, you're not good at this, or because you're gay, you're not good at this, or because whatever your viewpoint is, you can't be good at something. And why right. does it change between male to female? And I don't understand. I, I really don't. But, you know, I want both of you to tell me, why, why do you think you don't get the respect from everyone as opposed to, like, a male would? I think historically in the field of strength conditioning, it's always been a male dominated industry. Um, and I think it's really been up until the past decade that women have really infiltrated the market because even when you look at the field of exercise science, right? When I was in college for undergrad, there was like different routes and like the guys would always be like, oh, I'm gonna be a strength coach. And then the girls would be like, I'm going to be a PT or I'm going to go into cardiac rehab. Like there was not many women that really even made it a thought to go into strength conditioning. Um, and I think with now the world of social media and more people getting exposure to greater audiences, it's opening the eyes to females in a way that 
these industries do exist for not just guys but you think about like like the gold gym era of the 90s right like it was men it was bodybuilders it was you know, I even talked to Tom, my business partner, and he's been in it since that time, since the early 90s. And he said there were never women in it. So I think it's just breaking that stigma. And there's more women getting involved and the right women getting involved to open the doors for those others. Yeah, so what about that's you? a lot of it. And I think that's a lot of it. And I think ego plays a role too, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think the male ego can be really challenged by, you know, a woman even stepping into the weight room and lifting a weight, you know, that um, they perceive they can't or anything like that. And I know uh, our head strength coach now, he's great. And he's, he's always been great. So it's not everyone like, yeah, that's true. I think uh, some yeah. people just can't get past the ego thing, I think is a lot yeah. of it. You know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's really I mean, sad because I mean, because anyone can learn from anyone, you know, regardless yeah. of, um, you know, what what gender you are or how you identify or, um, you know, what what the color of your skin is. And I feel as though that, you know, women do really get shafted in that. And I see a large change. And I, you know, I don't know if you guys can speak on behalf of this, but I think it really started changing for me probably back when Meg squats was a really huge YouTuber and really just inspired a lot of, a lot of women. I think that was back in like 2014 ish, 2015, somewhere around that time frame. And I really noticed more women getting involved in this, in the strength and conditioning part of it, you know, and seeing a lot more strength, personal trainers come through, you know, as opposed to, um, you know, your typical corporate gym type trainer, that's just going to, uh, you know, bring you through some machines and you know, some cardio equipment and very basic exercises. You know, I started seeing after that wanting to kind of pursue that strength aspect of it. Um, when did you guys start to see a shift? When was it for you guys? Um, I think the, I think Meg Gallagher, Meg Swatch, she definitely was one that started to, paved the way um to a degree i follow a lot of like throwers um obviously with my background and one that um i've always taken um a liking to is adrian blewett wilson which if you haven't looked her up that woman is incredible and she uh really takes pride in getting people open to strength conditioning and throwing and now she's in highland games and um, I was just listening to her a podcast interview with her the other day and she so like I think a lot of like female throwers and throwing coaches kind of pushed me in that direction but I mean Britt I'm sure your your story is different yeah I don't know when the shift started I think a lot of it like most barbell things started with CrossFit right a lot of female yeah. CrossFitters came out yeah. you know so it really at least pushed women to get more into the weight room. And at the same time, Instagram was becoming really popular and you could see that other people were out here doing this other thing for exercise. That's not the elliptical. Right. And like, they looked good doing it. No one got really jacked and looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger at any point. So I think women at that point started seeing that and like, Oh, I could do that, you know, and it's easier to get information, right? Like it's really uncomfortable to walk into the weight room when you have no idea what you're doing. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's much easier now to 
you know, find a plan. You can go in, you can uh, YouTube how to do the exercises before you get there. And you can be relatively confident with what you're going to do when you get there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's, that's very true. And I think that, you know, brings me to another point. Do you feel like the male or female in fitspos, I guess I'll call them, have kind of ruined the social media aspect for people who actually do have good information to throw out there? You know, you see these people who have hundreds of thousands of followers that just, you know, kind of sell you on this $20 program. Um, you know, I, I see it from both both aspects. I see it from uh, the males and I also see it from the females. And, you know, it just seems as though most of them need to, it's a good way of saying it, um, sexualize their posts to make sure that they're selling that content. Do you feel as though that that has ruined or not ruined, but, uh, you know, kind of put a asterisk next to, you know, intelligent strength and conditioning. I feel like uh, for sure, you know, you always hope that the cream rises to the top. Right. But I, I often see with a lot of my clients, they'll see photos of, you know, bikini competitors online that are just, you know, entirely unrealistic to look like all the time. So I probably have that conversation once a week of keeping like realism and these, these competitors will, competitors will post the craziest workouts that they say they do to get their butt to look like what it looks like. Right. It'll be some weird freaking cable things you've never seen before. <laughs> yep. And you know, so preaching around what, you know, you know, you can add that in at the end. Fine. <laughs> but you have to lift something heavier. <laughs> yeah. And I think people get to that eventually. You just hope they don't get burnt out before they get there. Right. Like they don't go into the gym, do this weirdness and use a waist trainer, realize nothing happened and then quit and say, my genetics said I can't, right? Yeah. yeah. I think if you could catch them before they get to the point where they say, oh, I went to the gym once. It didn't work for me. It'll be okay. And I also think that with uh, like, like the FITSPO, you know, type of people that you see, a lot of them give that false sense of, like this is the only thing I did to get me here, right? Like a lot of them have had plastic surgery. A lot of them use some sort of performance enhancing drugs. Um, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes, not to say everyone does, cause that's not the case at all, but there's a lot of behind the scenes that they don't come forward about. So now you have those people that come into the gym that are like, I want to look like this. And they said, this is what they did. So I need to do this all the time. And that's not the case. There's more science behind it than just the aesthetic, you know? And I think well, I mean, it's more I've... about they keep teaching people to like feel different and feel better about themselves, not just trust that instant result that they see. I think a lot of it goes back to, you have to sift through the bullshit, you know, and uh-huh. understand who is a quote unquote influencer and who is actually educated and yeah. telling you what this is all about. Um, you know, and I, I I think everyone kind of knows my stance on education, not that, you know, getting a degree tells you anything, but, you know, being open to learning and experiences and learning from those experiences can make you an educated person. Um, you know, I know plenty of really, really smart trainers that might not have the credentials that someone else has, but they've learned and experienced and have been doing it for a long time and don't stay in one mode of training style. Yeah, for um, 
And I think that really helps, you know, male to male to female, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter at that point. It's more about getting to know that person. Maggie, you got any questions? Um, yeah, I think, you know, aside from your internship experience that you mentioned, have you had, like, now that you're in your professional setting, I know you mentioned that you have a strong support system, but have you had any sort of, like, stereotypes put against you for being female, like, either from a client or coworkers or anything, or as a competitor, um, anything like that? No, I really haven't since I got here and started working with the people I do now. I haven't had really anything. I think when I came in, I was already strong, right? So I'd already proven that, you know, I was yeah. already, you know, I'm lucky in the aspect that I, I look like I lift, right? Like not everyone that's really strong looks like they lift and for whatever reason I do. So I'm lucky that I do in that aspect because you look at me like, oh yeah, she must know what she's doing, which is a terrible way to tell if somebody knows what they're doing, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely genetically predispositioned to be muscular. Like, I am. That doesn't mean I know what I'm doing. So, but I've had, yeah, I've had good experiences since I've kind of left college and branched out onto my own. And, you know, I've really grown up to the point where I just don't take anything from anyone Mm -hmm. anymore. I really don't. I'll tell you right away if you're crossing a line and, you know, for the most part, people respect that. That's good. That's That's awesome. And I feel like that's something that, you know, a lot of women in the weight room need to hear too, you know, and you see the comments sometimes online, you know, not necessarily on your post, but on a lot of people's posts, you know, trying to critique something that they do. And there's very few males that will critique a male on the internet. There are a lot of males with with maybe fake accounts who fucking knows they have like (laughs) zero posts and zero followers, but um, just trolls. But like, you always see that they're commenting on women's posts. They're always throwing shade for, you know, um, oh, she's strong. She must be on drugs. Or, oh, what, what, is, what is that arch? Is that even, is that, is that even real? She's, she's not strong enough for that. Or, yeah. oh, she's, she's only strong because she's, she's big. And I don't, I don't understand that because that never gets said between – all of the mediocrity lifts that go on in the male industry. Like there are so many, so much mediocrity from the males that post online, but yet Even if you no walk one into says, a gym. Yes. Yeah. No one says it's a disaster in a gym. Weight room. <laughs> yes, it's an honestly. absolute disaster. <laughs> like no one says anything. And I, and I really, I just, I don't understand. And I, you know, what, what do you think it will take for that to stop? Like, what do you, what do you think it'll take for people just to set that aside of like, shit, this is just really fucking impressive. I think we have to stop being mean to people on the internet because we're behind a screen. I mean, it transcends. If you open in the comment section on a news article about anything, there's the most horrific comments like, or Facebook, I'll occasionally read Facebook comments on, on big news pages and stuff like that. And it's (laughs) horrific. Mm-hmm. Like it's absolutely, if anyone I knew said any one of those things out loud, I, I couldn't yeah. fathom hearing it out loud, but people on the internet feel like they're hidden, even though their profile picture's right there. Yeah. Right. They get cyber balls. 
just even yeah. just even locally if you go on like channel two or channel four news and they post like some random article and you can see the completely differing views on one post and, and people just getting super confrontational about it but i just don't understand how it takes away the legitimacy from women being extremely strong or smart for that matter and taking away from their lifts you know i, yeah. I don't i don't get that and you feel better about yourself, right? If you say, you I know, guess, strong because right? you arch. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And, um, you can only bench that because you arch. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just so strange to me because they won't have the balls to say anything to a man, either in person or on the internet, right? Because God forbid, you know, testosterone fights testosterone. Um, and it, it just seems abnormal to me that they go out of their way to say something negative as opposed to saying something positive i think it definitely does exist like on guys accounts like the trolls are there but you're right it's definitely more prevalent for yeah the, the only accounts. ones i really see that are on guys are like this you know well at this point he deserves it and i'll i'll save that Sean. for last but yes he deserves <laughs> uh, he deserves i was gonna all say this. his biscuit his posts get I mean, a lot of hate. Like he gets a lot yeah. of hundreds of comments of hate. Yes. Hundreds. He set himself and, and up on that last one. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Uh, well, we could talk about that. Well, you That's know what? Fuck it. We'll topic. just fuck it. We'll just talk about it right now because <laughs> what he did was absolute dog shit. And I don't care if he listens to it. I don't care if he finds out someone listens to it. I don't. Care. I don't give a fuck. Like what you did on purpose was complete horseshit, and you're kind of ruining it for everyone else that wants to compete in this federation. And I feel as though you are a well-known person. You are a big name. You are a, you know, a, if you count Mello on his team, a pretty successful coach with, with a lot of athletes, a lot of athletes overall. You just added three people to your Nori coaching staff. And you go out there and pull a fucking stunt like that on purpose. And then go on the internet to then incriminate yourself and say to people it was on purpose. like. We get it. Yeah. Competing with a fucking mask right now is is ridiculous. And it's a rule and it needs to be followed as much as it's a shit rule. It's just something that needs to be followed right now. It's an unprecedented time. Things happen. That's just life. But then to go and do that kind of shit, you know, I was having his back 100% until someone screenshotted what he said on the meet director's page. Um, so I'm a part of the meet director's page on facebook for all of the usapl meet directors and referees it's referees and meet directors and someone asked the question about you know did you did anyone see what happened with sean and then then the comments started coming in and i was like holy shit i didn't realize this fucking idiot did it on purpose and i'm super pumped that the federation actually took his total away they dq'd it like completely like it's no longer on open powerlifting Open powerlifting said some shit. Um, not said some shit, but like they were like, we're doing this and taking it off our website because we believe in the rules and we have to, in, you know, follow them to the fullest extent. Because I don't know, Britt, if you saw Pete's, uh, Pete Spence's uh, post about it after, and it's like, if a lifter was wearing knee sleeves touching their socks, you would tell them to take their socks down and not touch the knee sleeves. What's why is it that you can't tell a person to put their mask up? Right. Uh, it sucks. I get it. But like, it's a part of the equipment and should be held to the rules. Or I if they show up to that, when I saw. 
Right. <laughs> I just found out about it when I saw Pete's post. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And um, that's you yeah. gave me more information than I knew previously because yeah. I just didn't really look into it because I don't know. I don't understand. And uh, but I saw Pete's post and I'm like, well, yeah, why didn't the head ref say, hey, yo, mask up? And, and you, you know, we weren't there, so I, you can't comment either way. You know, if right. it no, was the ref said something or Sean just didn't do it or whatever it was. But it no, it's just a weird situation. It's a weird situation. Yeah. I don't understand really any of what happened that day. No. But And, and yeah. regardless of what happened or, you know, what he said, to go on the Internet and then incriminate yourself and say you did it intentionally is I just a whole bunch of, of shit. Yeah. Yeah, he deleted right. the comment after people started like harassing the fuck out of him for it. Yeah. But yeah, he, yeah, just. I whatever. mean, he is. It's sad because he is a talented guy, and that's yeah. very impressive. I mean, a ten-time body weight total is insane. But fourth highest ever in the eighty-three kilo class. Yeah, ever. I mean, it's unbelievable. I know his training's so, been going so well. Yeah, so why would you risk staining that with something so silly? You know, like. You've got obviously a giant platform and a lot of influence. Like, don't, don't do something like that. You know. Hopefully, learn something go- from it. Hopefully, no, yeah. Hope so. And you're right. He is a smart fucking guy. He has a four-year yeah, degree yeah. from MIT. From MIT. Like, I mean, yeah. like, I I know that's a pretty fucking hard school to get into. And uh, I don't know. To each their own. And I think it goes back to what Britt said at at the beginning here. It's it it all goes back to ego. And I think. Yeah keeping that ego in check is really hard for some people. Um, it's really hard for a lot of, especially males, but you know, you see it sometimes in females, you know, we, I know Britt and I have experienced that backstage at uh, a couple events. Oh my of, gosh. Uh, some pretty large egos uh, in, <laughs> in this world. And uh, you know, it seems as though we always fall next to the people who don't give a shit um, and, you know, kind of take it for fun. And that's yeah. a really cool, really cool thing. But there are, you know, once you're lifting fucking weights, man. And yeah. you get a controlled room, lifting weights. It's not that serious. That's all. Lifting all fucking weights. And, and these fucking, <laughs> and, and I don't care who you are. It's just, there are some people out there that just can't set that aside. They, they just mm-hmm. can't set it aside. And they, they just need to feel this. Burning, burning sensation to just be like, I'm fucking better than you. And, and not just having that on the inside. They need to externalize that by how they approach you, by how they talk to you, by how they either don't want to fucking talk to you or look at you, and how they're just not there for the group. And again, I'm sorry, but like when you make it to these higher level meets, like the top of the top meets, I get it. You're competing. It's a competition. But everyone's doing the same fucking thing. And everyone's doing legitimately pretty much the same weights in total, I guess. But it's yeah. strategy. The coaches should be the one that are having that ego. The, the, the males and the females that are competing against each other should have more of a camaraderie. Like, yeah. it's not about – the coach's aspect is to, to do the, the strategy, not, not the athletes. Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. Uh, it, it irritates me sometimes, especially when – everyone's you know kind of there doing the same thing they're all getting the same notoriety they're all getting the same exposure and it just doesn't seem to ever click for some people i mean some people just suck (laughs) that is very true (laughs) you know it could happen anywhere but 
Um, so I guess that's, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Ben. I was going to say, speaking of competing, I wanted to ask you, Britt, what, like looking through your lifting career, what has been your proudest lifting moment? Either in the gym or on the platform, like what would you say that is? Oh, geez. I'm not really good at pride in myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> I do. I don't know. It's confusing. <laughs> but I think the Arnold was probably my favorite competition. And not because it was my best total-wise, because it was my best performance-wise. Like, I get in my own head a lot. I get get in my own head and training a lot, although I've really worked on that the last year. But prior to that, I really got into my own head a lot. And I, that definitely held me back. And I dealt with a lot of feelings like I don't belong. Like, I feel like I haven't been doing this long enough. Then I, I just don't belong. So uh, the Arnold for me was a chance to either step up or get out. And that's kind of how I felt about it. And I really just approached it with a really fun attitude. I had a lot of fun leading up to training, leading up to it. Um, I had some good training cycles. I had some bad training cycles, but they were fun nonetheless. And um, the day was fun. It was chill. So that was probably my favorite meet training. As far as in the gym, I think the time I finally hit 350 squats for reps after failing it 8,000 times because I was in my own head. <laughs> I tried to, I hurt my hip a few years ago. What was it before 2018 or on Nats? Yeah. I hurt my hip and uh, squatting was really hard to get back into because it hurt. And then you remember the pain, right? So you don't want to feel it again. You don't want to get back there. So finally moving past there and just realizing that I'm not going to be in pain because I'm squatting was, is good. Getting through that mental wall. It is, you know, pain's mostly mental, right? So even once it's gone, you still remember that feeling. Yeah. I mean, I dealt with it for probably six months. It was, it was around yeah. and bothering me pretty significantly, like daily activities and everything. So you just don't want it back. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, on the other side of it, it was really hard to see that because I know the strength was there and it just was hard to work around that, right? It's hard to work around an injury, especially when there's a timeline. And if you're yeah. pushing for that timeline, um, it's hard to work around that. It's not something that is ideal for either party. And um, I, yeah, I trained coming, through that injury for like three months. It was up yeah. until that Nats. It was just mentally taking, brutal. It wasn't even physically yeah. that brutal. It was just mentally exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so you have to go into it knowing beef. you're going into a lift, knowing that like it's not going to be the best. And no, and it's going to hurt. Like, and I'm going to hurt later. Yeah. And I'm going to hurt tomorrow. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, you just know. And mm -hmm. it's still not going to go that well, but you're doing it anyway. Yeah. That, that, I think that's powerlifting in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, now, going back to a point of notoriety, you know, now you're affiliated with – is that a fair thing to say, affiliated with SBD? I think it's a loose word like that, yeah. They're nice now, to me, so that's nice. <laughs> They're nice. <laughs> no, they're actually really great. They're actually really great to me. They're awesome. Yeah. Pete's, Pete's a good dude. I like Pete Pete's a lot. the best. Um, yeah. You know, I met him, I think it was right around the time that we started training together is when I met him. Maggie, I think uh, I met him. Were you at 
2017 Nationals, Maggie? No, I don't think so. That no, was in Orlando. I got married. Oh, yeah, weekend. you were married that weekend. <laughs> you were supposed to go, but, you know, you had this big I was big supposed to go, and then out. I had a thing, and, yeah. Yeah, this whole thing, you know. Um, but I met him at Chick-fil-A in the Orlando airport in between sessions, and it was like I, – I don't remember who was with me, but it was like a crew of the five mustache peeps. At the time, I think it was – Court, Zach, Nate, Kate, Steve Lakina, and probably little Bree, maybe, maybe someone else at that point. And I was talking to him and I had no idea who the fuck this dude was. I just, I just started shooting the shit with him and I was like, Oh my God, this dude like pretty much runs SBD. And we were just talking nothing about powerlifting. We were just talking about food and, you know, saying how we don't have at the time we didn't have Chick-fil-A in Buffalo and it was fucking epic. We were like, like blown away. Like, Oh my God, Chick-fil-A is so fucking good. And Pete's (laughs) over there. Like, are you guys okay? (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, um, you know, being somewhat affiliated with SBD and being as nationally recognized as you are, um, have you noticed a difference in when you first started this journey or coaching to now? Have people like sought you out for your services? Have you saw, um, you know, a lot of more exposure just because you're getting stronger? Like what's that process been like? Yeah, I definitely have had a lot more exposure, exposure and a lot more people reach out because of that, you know, which it's been, it's been really great. It's not why I started this, but you know, I think having a bigger platform is always good if you're going to do the right thing with it, right? And I Absolutely. think a lot of women powerlifters do do that. I mean, Meg Scanlon, Jen Thompson, you know, all of them are great. Jennifer Milliken are just great with promoting strength in the right way, right? Yeah. And um, doing the best to make it attainable. And that is one thing I've, I struggle with is um, – people don't think they should compete because they're not as strong as me. So that is a barrier that I I have to go through pretty much weekly. Like, no, competing's for everyone, you know, like, you know, at any level. And, you know, I just try to explain what what a meet would look like and, you know, what different type of people you're going to see there. But yeah, Yeah. often I I get, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not as strong as you. So why would I? Yeah. That's unfortunate. I think the cool thing about powerlifting is it's at the end of the day, it's you versus yourself, right? Like it's, you're just trying to one up, you know, yourself in a list and, and in a mental capacity. And I think people do, I mean, I know I've been guilty of it and I know plenty of people have been guilty of it. You compare yourself to, you know, other people online or in your weight class or, you know, like, I'm never going to squat as much as Benika, but, like, I look at it like, oh, shit, like, she's really strong, but still, like, you look, you take those milestones that you've been able to hit as, you know, as an individual, and it's just as celebrated, like, that's, I think, what makes local meets so fun is, you know, you see these people, whether it's their first time ever stepping on the platform, and they get that rush of getting a good lift and having everyone cheer for them, or, you see like someone like Chaz, you know, going on the platform at nationals and pulling 500, which was huge for him and everyone losing their minds. Like I think powerlifting has such a, a community and especially for women, I think they get to see that and, you know, celebrate that 
So it's just like you said, it's getting people out of their head to stop comparing and start celebrating. Yeah, exactly. Just go do it. Yeah. You also, I think, was it right after the Arnold you had your first client, uh, powerlifting client compete, or was that after nationals? It was the Arnold. Yeah, Mackenzie. Yeah. How was that being on the other side of it? Oh my gosh, it was so stressful. (laughs) (laughs) It was so stressful, but it was so much fun. Yeah, it was. It was great. It was a USPA meet, was which was the most interesting thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It was was literally. It was great. It was well run, but it's such a different crowd from USAPL. But um, most Uh, people there were super friendly, and I I know the meet director and. yeah, whatever, the chair of North Carolina, too. And they're really great people. So it was a good event. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, do you have any Do you have any other clients competing soon? Or yeah, the whole COVID situation? Have, well, yeah, it did stop that. But I should have a few competing in November if we do sports then. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> True. <laughs> Who knows? If True. sports exist in November, we'll do that. No. <laughs> Now, are you guys, is the gym open where you are right now? Yes, it is. Okay. Is yeah, that definitely. open with legitimacy or is that open <laughs> with their own legitimacy? It is open with their own legitimacy, <laughs> okay. for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is at this point. Yeah. Um, but we've been open for a month and a half now, two months. Oh. And it's gone really, really well, so... I can't complain. Now, it was, yeah. On the COVID side of things, I want to ask, you know, obviously I know a little bit more about that, but I want the people to hear what's it like been for you training through the whole COVID situation. And then what's it like been training your clients during the whole COVID situation? For me, it's been fantastic because I train by myself anyway so we bought a house uh the week the day after the Arnold actually we bought a house the day after the Arnold it was the longest it was the worst 30 days of my life leading up to the Arnold but we ended up closing out a house it really was I was almost homeless but we closed our house the day before the day after and we moved in our house is great it has like a huge two-car garage and so I managed to I had some equipment and I managed to get a rack and such in there so my training never really missed a beat and I like I said I train by myself 99% of the time anyway so it was no different to me except it got really hot out there it's really hot here yeah recently (laughs) we moved our gym to the air conditioning so I can get my knee sleeves on again and uh, (laughs) all has been good Client-wise, uh, 50-50, you know, 50% had access. I may have let people in my garage. I can't confirm nor deny any of that. And, um, and then, uh, you know, some more remote clients in New York and such just had zero access, live in apartments, such. Yep. That was really tough. And But most of them are back. Most of, Yeah, I think everyone's back, actually. Managed to get equipment finally, are, like, lifting in kitchens and things like that. So that's yep. really cool. I really love seeing – deadlifts and squats with a kitchen in the background it's hysterical it's, like it's so fun to watch <laughs> it is really funny like you're just like videos. what is going on <laughs> yes like watching but, the videos of sometimes people lifting in their in their living rooms of like yep. heavy weight like you know not, yeah, not, oh, yeah. not anything to snub at and i'm like holy shit like these people are nuts like i i wouldn't fathom doing that and you know 
we have we have a uh, Maggie and I have a friend who lives in his uh, second story duplex in South Buffalo, and he. Hey. He and he slams a lot of weight. Sl- yeah, and he slams, slams over 450 pounds oh, no. on the ground. That's probably not okay. Probably I'm waiting like for the guy. gym fails video and the barstool video of him going through the floor. I, oh, I, my god! Patiently waiting for that. And I mean, if I had so- to put it in my living room, I would. Yes. But I didn't have I mean, to. <laughs> you're very fortunate you didn't. <laughs> I have and, plenty of spaces now. <laughs> I will tell and, you, I did buy my power rack before I bought a single piece of furniture. We sat on lawn chairs. We sat <laughs> okay, there's two reasons for that. One, more important. <laughs> we refinished all of our hardwood floors and everything. So before we moved, I sold all of our furniture because just you need it out to refinished hardwood and I didn't want it anyway so for three months we sat on like camping chairs priorities yeah <laughs> literally the most low maintenance people you'll ever meet <laughs> that's, awesome. that's that's 1000 percent not surprising <laughs> <laughs> but we sanded a thousand square feet of hardwood floors and remade yeah. a whole house and remodeled the kitchen in like three months it has been cool to see you posting like the progress photos, like the before and after. I yes. can't believe I've actually enjoyed it. I always said I'd never buy a fixer upper because I moved like, I don't know, 300 times when I was a child and <laughs> we had to fix every single house. But when you're going to be homeless, you do what you got to do. Yeah. And yes. aside from word. sanding floors, if anyone's listening, don't sand your own floors. It's horrible. Laminate is really nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's my life advice for everyone. Laminate's no. great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't sand your own floors, okay, someone. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway, oh, that's really well. I funny. have a couple like lighthearted questions. So, um, who are your biggest role models, both personally and then professionally? I don't know that I feel like I'm a role model person per se. <laughs> so that's a really tough one to answer. I think the easy answer is obviously. You know, the mom finally, she got us through childhood, got us out here. We're all functioning adults and things like that. So she showed, I mean, she's the strongest person I know in that aspect because, you know, none of that was that easy. So mom, for sure, at least personally. And then professionally, I don't know that I really ever found a role model professionally. I think I've always just kind of went my own way. Well, there you go. That's awesome. Make your own role model. <laughs> I don't know. Just do my own thing. <laughs> yeah. And then um, my other two questions that I have. Of the big three, what is your favorite of the list? And then what is your favorite accessory? Well, that changes week by week, depending on what I'm doing well at. But probably yep. overarching squats, for sure. Uh, probably if I had to actually choose one, definitely squats because I perceive myself as better at them, whether I am or not. I don't really know, but I perceive that. And then accessories. I love all back accessories like that pull downs and pedlay rows, the cable rows, all of that kind of stuff is probably my favorite <laughs> accessories. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Carly, you'll never That's- hear me say squat is my favorite lift. No, that is, he does. That I, have a, I have like bi-weekly meltdowns of what lift yeah, well. I hate that week. It depends You're a true power lifter. We, we, 
We've made it four weeks without one, so this is good. We 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 have made it four weeks without one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I didn't fail anything, so that's usually the promising thing. Or perceive (laughs) I failed something. That that is also very true. (laughs) Even if I don't fail, I perceive failure. (laughs) Oh yeah. But yeah, no, I have no other questions. Maggie, got any any other lighthearted questions? I don't think so. I mean, it's been fun to just, you know, talk shop, you know, talk, yeah, talk lifting, talk yeah. all things in the strength world. Yeah. So it thank really you for is. coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Brett. <laughs> thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. And uh, we're really going to keep going with this series and try to talk to a lot of other women in strength sports. Uh, and this is a great start to that mini series that we're going to do. And it's kind of cool because we're kind of going by weight class. If you think yeah, about we are. it, spoiler we are alert for the next couple class. of women. Speaking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess you that are. That is very true. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, this has been fun. So thank you for continuing to promote a strong platform for girls in strength. I think that's awesome. So keep doing that. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's fun. You know, everyone should, everyone should have a chance to touch a barbell, you know, decide then if you like being strong or not, but I've never met anyone that doesn't like being strong. So it's empowering regardless of how you identify male or female. It is. Uh, Yeah. Once you get strong, you know, or stronger, you know, after that first two months, you did, I've never seen anyone want to go back. Yep. Absolutely. Sweet. Well, thanks guys for listening. And again, thanks Britt for coming on and we will catch everyone in the next one. See ya.